Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Hey guys, (laughs) you know, um, it's pretty neat that what, what Ben shared, uh, you know, women, it's, it's not accepted in a lot of churches. And uh, I, I am so blessed that Pastor Ben lets women share. I'm, thank you that you guys are letting me share today. But I have to just tell you something, too, about Pastor Ben. Um, you know, a uh, long time ago, I mean, I've been a worship person for years. <laughs> and um, after my husband passed away, I just felt like that was something that it just, it was done. And, um, but Ben, this man, he, God used him to call that back out of me. And not just to call it out, but to mentor it. I have learned, you know, there's no such thing as age in the body of Christ. You know, I'm a little older than Ben. And, <laughs> and, but I have learned more from him than I think any other pastor I've ever known. And that's, and it's not, I'm not trying to like, you know, puff him up and that's honest. And um, I'm also really grateful for the leadership here because, uh, Every last person has a heart after God. And anyway, I'm, I'm so blessed. You know, uh, women before the time of Jesus, I've kind of shared on this before, but they were not allowed, like, into the most important part places of the temple. And then Jesus came, and not just women, but even a prostitute prostitute and 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 this woman came to his feet and Jesus accepted her and loved her right from the start so that's God's heart Um, anyway on with what to share today I got to first show you guys a picture of our the new puppy at our house this is Bentley isn't he cute (laughs) Oh, he is getting big. He's like, I don't know, maybe 10 pounds, be my guess. And uh, so, but Bentley's kind of naughty. And so um, I've been taking him to puppy kindergarten. And, 
you know, I was like, it, it was on Tuesday night, and I was like, oh, it's just one more thing to do, and I'll get ready, and I'll go. And, and then I got there, and I had so much fun. I, and it was so loud. There were puppies, and they were barking, and we were in this little room, and all the people trying to control their barking puppies who were all wild and running around, and I was laughing my guts out. It was so fun. And uh, the, the trainer that leads the class, she wanted us all to introduce each other and tell us a little bit about ourselves. And, and there was one lady that was there, and she was so quiet. And um, so she said, well, this is my dog, and I don't remember his name. He's the St. Bernard. And uh, she said, he lives with me and our eight cats. <laughs> and because uh, and I'd been watching her, where really all of us dog people, we were having fun. I mean, it was really fun. And she was just like, ah, because <laughs> it was just so loud. And so um, there is a psychological term for when we get together with people who are like us. Have you ever wondered about who are these people that comes up with terms? I mean, who did that? But somebody came up with this term, and it's called consensual validation. And we like to be around people that are like us because they validate us, because we're alike. We like to be around people that are like us because we're not going to worry too much that we're going to get into an argument. Um, we enjoy that we're comfortable with people that are like us. And that's fine, right? It's totally okay. There's, there's another word for consensual, um, consensual validation, and it is familiarity. So that kind of makes a little bit more sense. So it's a relaxed friendliness or intimacy between people. And that's all fine and good. But we're going to start, before we get any further into teaching, um, I called Steve and Sandy this week and asked them if they would join me. So if you guys want to come on up. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to talk about cats and dogs for just a minute. Now, that's kind of weird, huh? You didn't come to church thinking we were going to talk about cats and dogs, but that's what we're going to do. And Sandy, where's the handheld? Oh, thanks. And, and, uh, <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> and, um, it's here for the cats. Sandy is going to, she's going to help us all understand why cats are the best pets. And so if you could put a picture up of Lady Catherine. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's on. Oh, it is. This is my cat, Lady Catherine. She is now 14 and blind because she had to have both eyes removed. But I wanted a picture of her when she had her eyes because she's so cute. Um, cats are really awesome. They're content to be indoors. We used to have a dog that every time we walked into the kitchen or the dining room, she thought she needed to go out. 
and then she had to come right back in. And if we stayed in there, it was out and in and out and in. But Catherine's not like that. Um, there, it's easier to clean a litter box than it is to take a walk every day. When you have a dog, you've got to walk them. Um, cats don't bark when somebody comes to the door. <laughs> they don't bark when you're on the phone. They don't bark at all. Yeah, puppy <laughs> kindergarten. Oh. <laughs> when you go on a trip, you don't have to kennel a cat. I would leave my cat at home and have someone like Lorraine, and I have another friend, Hope, who's probably watching right now, come over and feed her once or twice a day. And that was it. Easy, cheap, I mean inexpensive. Um, recently, they've come out and said that a cat's purr resonates at a frequency that heals muscles and hmm. bones that have been injured. And so I love it when my cat comes up by my head and purrs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Before we go on, all you cat people especially, give it up for Sandy. Thank you. And for the cats, <laughs> yes. All right. Dogs. <laughs> so this is Maverick. He's my cavy. Oh, Mavi the cavy. Dogs are better. <laughs> She talked about that litter box thing. I don't have to worry about that with my dog. <laughs> I can just open the door and let the dog out. She mentioned dogs bark when people come in. I hope so. <laughs> how, how, how many attack like uh, security cats do you guys know of? None. None. I was going to say something, I can't. <laughs> Cats are jerks. That's the best way to put it. I've never been laying in bed and had Maverick attack my feet for no apparent reason. No. I don't ever have my cat just decide to walk up and rub all their hair all over my leg. Just a meow and then walk away. Like, what do you want? And the fur balls. There's nothing worse than laying in bed in the middle of the night and hearing, ah! Ah! and then not knowing where it's at. So it's kind of like that game of like, where's the dynamite in the middle of the night. That's why dogs are better. I can throw a ball. My dog will go get it and bring it back. You throw a ball at a cat, it's going to go, what? That's why dogs are better. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Okay. So, it's okay that Sandy loves cats. <laughs> but, you know, if... Um, now, let's just say that Sandy just could not accept that Steve loves dogs. And so she's going to do all she can to make him quit loving dogs. 
and she's going to make him be like her, and, or vice versa. And so sometimes kind of, that can happen in the body of Christ. Am I right? I mean, we can really think we know what is best for somebody else, right? And uh, we've got to be careful. Um, when we try to force people to be like us, it's called uniformity. And that's an attempt to impose administrative and cultural uniformity. Um, the Bible tells us that uh, when... So let's say, you know, like I'm, I'm doing something and Steve comes up to me and, and he is doing all he can to make me not be that person. I'm sitting down. Okay, that's what I'm doing. And Steve's thinking, she shouldn't be sitting down. She should be standing up. And he's forcing me, getting in my face, trying to make me be like him. That's uniformity. And there's a scripture that kind of tells us how God's wisdom should come across to other people. And it's this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and, and sincere. Um, how are we doing on time? So one example of uniformity uh, that, that the church at that time called unity was in the 1700s and into the 1800s when uh, slave owners really felt that biblically they could prove that it was right to own slaves. And so they pushed and they pushed. And if there was somebody in their church that didn't agree, they were ostracized. That's uniformity. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we shouldn't do anything, you can put that up, Caden, from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but to the interest of others. So, we'll go back to cats and dogs. Obviously, I'm a dog person right? But that means that I look at Sandy, and I say, you know, Sandy, cats are important too, and I'm going to encourage you to love cats. <laughs> See what I'm saying here? It's, it's accepting one another the way we're made. Um, not just accepting, but respecting and uh, in the 60s, you want to put up that? This is what people look like when they went to church. And um, I was a little girl in the 60s, and I still remember hats like that. And I remember the little dresses and my little purse. And um, I grew up in church like that. And... There were people in the 60s that were like really getting sick of 
church. And they called church politics, whatever, the establishment. And um, they, there was like a, a huge group of young people, thousands, thousands and thousands, that showed up in San Francisco. You guys heard about this? And uh, there was drugs, lots of sex, there was poverty like you couldn't believe. The city of San Francisco was doing all they could to try to feed these people. And then there was this guy, and his name was Ted Wise, and he dropped acid. And one day, on this acid trip, he was saved, <laughs> of all things. And he was radically saved. So, okay, now, if I'm a Christian, in the 60s especially, and somebody gets saved on an acid trip, I might wonder about that. And that's what happened to him. And, but he was still radically in love with Jesus. And so he began to tell people, and then more people, and more people, until 250,000 people came to Jesus. 250,000, and that's when they stopped counting. So it was huge. But the church at that time, that's us, and we probably would have been dressed like that, but the church could not accept these young people. These young people were fiercely after Jesus. They believed in miracles. They believed that if you prayed for healing, God was going to heal you. They were radical in their faith. And yet the church came together and said, this is wrong. His salvation couldn't have been real because he got saved on acid. You know, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And they they just were not allowed in churches. And so these young people who look like that, and, and they would come to church, and they would come in their bare feet, and most of the time, they were asked to leave. And they, they began to feel, gosh, Christians don't like us. <laughs> and... Um, so they wrote a song, as, I don't know if you've ever heard it. I, I'm skipping. Can you go to the one called, uh, They'll Know We Are Christians? Um, so, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Next verse, we will work with each other. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. And we'll guard each man's dignity and save each man's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Well, thankfully, with these Jesus people, there were some pastors. One, you guys have probably all heard of Chuck Smith. Um, Arthur Blessett, yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
they decided, you know, we are going to love these people. And they brought them in. And they discipled them. They didn't disciple them to be like them. So here they have some of these Jesus people are still smoking pot. And um, they gently brought them to Jesus. They loved them. They didn't come and get in their face and go, you need to be just like me. <laughs> they, they loved them. They discipled them. They helped them. Instead of them taking the responsibility, oh, we got to clean these people up. They gave them to God. And they prayed their way through. And these people grew out of this movement, our worship songs. This is where it all began. Denominations were born. Calvary Chapel, the Vineyard Church. There were others, too. I don't remember what they are. But, you know, it's, it's huge how we get into a culture and we all want to look alike and we want to be alike. But that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not God. We're made to be different. We're made to each have a gift and a calling. And to be that, um, you know, uh, in John 13, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Next part. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So that's huge. Um, let's see. When... So when my husband passed away, so he had pancreatic cancer. You guys all know the story. I've talked about it before. But um, he lived for two years, and he suffered. You know, he went through a lot, and it was really, really hard. The whole time, we were on our knees. We were asking God for his healing. We were holding on, believing that God was going to heal him. And... Um, during that time, uh, there were a lot of people that were praying for him. And uh, we started getting emails from people. And my husband, he was so strong, he could just kind of just say, nah, we're just going to trust God. But they were things like, um, he's not being healed because... Or he's not being healed because, or, you know, it was, it was a lot. And, you know, we were dealing with a lot. And I was struggling because I really believed God was going to heal him. And it was maybe about a month before he passed when, when God spoke to me. And he said... And he let me know my, my husband was going to be going home. And that as a good partner to him, I had to help him feel okay about it. And so I did that. I put together a video 
and with music behind it, and um, it had on that video pictures of things that increased his faith, things that he would understand. And um, we worked on it together, actually, <laughs> which was really, really special. But probably one of the biggest things that God was working in my heart at that time is to love the people that were making it hard. And I'll never forget when a woman called me and we had just decided to put him on hospice. And she said, Lori, you will be responsible for your husband's death because you have brought hospice into your home. And God had done enough in my heart that I got off the phone with her and I got down on my knees and I prayed for her. And I said, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. These things are hard. And may she never have to go through something like that. Now, what do I believe about that? I believe God does heal. And my daughter is a living testament of it. She had, um, she had bruises all over her body. In fact, she had a bruise from the back of her neck down to the bottom of her spine and all over her arms. And one of the side effects of the medications that she takes for having a kidney transplant is leukemia. And they were pretty sure that's what she had. They got her right into the oncologist. But we prayed. And God healed her, you guys. He healed her. So I know that God heals. But I also know sometimes he doesn't. And that's because it says in the word that it's appointed for a man once to die. Other scriptures that talk about um, he numbers our days. Where faith comes in there is we trust God and we believe him. That's where faith comes in. Um, but, you know, the people that were sending those e emails were judging us. Do you agree? They, they were loving. They, they did it because they loved us, but it was judgmental. And it made it hard. It made it even harder. And so there's a verse. Can you put that up, Matthew 7? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't get me wrong, there are times we do need to judge. That's also scriptural, but we're not going to go into that, that today because we don't have time. There are times, and, but we have to pray and do it with trepidation. You know, if I'm going to judge you, and I'm going to come and I'm going to speak into your life, I better have a broken heart about it. And I better have really prayed and then be willing to be wrong. That's the big one. 
So um, anyway, what if those pastors that took the Jesus people under their wings, what if they tried to make them like them? So what if they discipled them instead of letting them be free in who they are, but made them like them? So we're going to look at a funny, some funny pictures my daughter made, and a shout out to Natalie for these pictures. Yay, Natalie! <laughs> and um, so if you could put that first picture up. There. Okay, you see the guy with that big toe down at the bottom, that big toe circled? Okay, so big toes, one of the big things that they work in our bodies is they're a huge support. Those big toes are a gigantic support. People who have lost their big toes, it's really hard to learn to walk again. It's huge. So the guy with the big toe, he's got this gifting of being a super, super support. And so he brings people in. He begins to make disciples. Okay, next one. And that's what the body looks like. They're all a bunch of toes. Do you see? Do you see all those toes? Or there's the guy with the nose. And it's up there at the top. You can kind of see it. Um, ah, there. All right. So... Maybe his gift is discerning, you know, discerning. <laughs> and so he comes in, and next, the next one. Okay, oh, not that one, nope, back. So he gets a few people, and you can see you've got the, the two eyes that look like a nose. You've got a nose, and then you've got the nose going that way. It looks like he's blowing a kiss. <laughs> but... Um, so, but they're being made like him. And if you could put the last one up. So, is this how we want to be? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Do we really want to be a people that all look alike, act alike, that believe all the same? Is that what we want? I don't want that. That's not how God made us. You know, we need one another. And we need to honor one another. You know, those peripheral, peripheral issues, those things that we might be passionate about, dogs, those things that we may be passionate about when it comes to unity and what God calls unity in the Bible, those things gotta, they have to be set aside. Because we need one another according to the Spirit. There is another verse in the Bible, and it says, we're to know one another, not because somebody's a Jew, or he's a Greek, or a male, or a female. We're to know one another by the Spirit. That, we're, that we see each other the way that God sees us, and we respect each other. Can you put the next picture up? So you see the body of Christ. You got the red heart, and then you see the gears and all the different colors and the different sizes. And isn't the body of Christ beautiful when it's being the body of Christ? Um, Jesus, can you put the next one up? 
I really love this one because this picture shows Jesus with that crown of thorns. It shows who Jesus is. And yet you see all these people inside the body of Christ. And how beautiful is that? It's, it's fabulous and wonderful. Jesus prayed out of John 17, Father, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So what is unity? I'm going to put that one up. It's the state of being united or joined as a whole. Um, over Christmas, my, my family was all here, and my granddaughter told us about a game that we got, and it's called Mind the Gap. Have any of you guys played this? Oh, my heck, it is so fun. It's so fun. You've got to get this game. So it's, you've got the boomers that are going to be playing this. You've got the Gen Xers. You've got the millennials and the Gen Z. Okay, so you want to put the, a picture of the board up? So, um, so what you do is you, got, you have a little token, and it gets on the board, and then it's like trivial pursuit. So you have to go through, like at the bottom there, you have to go through Gen X zone. And then you have to go through boomer zone, Gen Z, and so on, millennial. So it, it seems like, you know, yeah, easy enough. And so the first time we played, um, it seems like we picked teams kind of on people we were familiar with in relationship. We were familiar. We were comfortable with each other. And we were there for a really long time because we couldn't get around the board, especially Gen Z. <laughs> and so it was a really long, long game. Next time we wised up. Maybe a Gen Z and a boomer should go together on teams. See where I'm going here? That's the body of Christ. We need each other. No matter what age, we need each other. Um, one example of unity uh, that we're all so familiar with it is in Acts chapter 2. And it's when the Bible says these people were all gathered together in an upper room. And they were waiting on God. They were together. But have you ever thought about the people up in, in that upper room? It's probably hot. So there's probably... B.O., right? There may be, who knows? It's like puppy kindergarten. Maybe they were all crowded in this little room. Maybe some were bakers. 
or somebody was a farmer, and but they were in an upper room. They had one purpose. It wasn't to try to make everybody love cats, and it wasn't to try to make everybody love dogs. They had one purpose. They were after God. They wanted the Holy Spirit in their lives. And it says they were of one accord in one place. Another, and you know, we know, we all know the story. The Holy Spirit comes, there's tongues of fire above, and these people were radically, radically moved into serving God because the Holy Spirit filled them. Another, another time is in Solomon's temple um, at the dedication of the temple. It had been a long, long time. You just, back then, you just didn't put a building up in six months. And, and they were waiting, and everybody was so excited. And so you think about it again. Here's all these people. You have the priest, and the priests have all these different assignments. You have the people that were the gatekeepers. And again, there's personalities. It, back then, it was no different than now. We have personalities, you know? They had personalities. There were other people they were more comfortable with. But they had one thing that they were looking for. And that was to be able to give this place to the Lord as a place to host his presence, right? So, um, can you put that scripture up? The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. They were accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is Good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priest could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the temple. You know, and other translations say the priest couldn't even stand up because the presence of the Lord was so strong. They came together because they had one thing in common. They weren't trying to make somebody be a cat lover or a dog keeper. You know, they, they had one thing that they were after. Um, let's see. I've got to find where I'm at here. Okay, so... Um, You know, there are so many things happening in our world today. There are so many things happening in our world. And we have cat lovers, if you get my drift. And we have dog lovers, if you get my drift. And you know what breaks my heart? Is I think our nation is probably more divided than it has ever been. And as Christians, maybe instead of saying, but I'm a cat lover, or I'm a dog lover, but, 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 or but, but, I'm a God lover. 
I'm a God lover. And put those things aside and be a people lover. No matter how they come across or how they appear. Um, I'm going to be getting ready to close up here. Uh, there was a time, I'm ashamed to say this, that um, I was in a doctrinal dispute with somebody. <laughs> this group was cat lovers, and my group was the dog lovers. I'm not going to say what the doctrine was. But, you know, it ended up in arguments. It ended up in hurt feelings. It ended up with us trying to change one another, to be like one another. We wanted not unity, we wanted familiarity. And that's not going to fly in these times. We need unity. So finally, I'm, I hit my knees, and, I, and I, I begin to ask God, you know, show me how to be with these people. And the first thing he did was dealt with my heart, dealt with my judgmentalism. Why do I think I'm better? Why do I think I have more knowledge than somebody else? Those things. So then he spoke to me and he said, I want you to serve. I want you to go to them and I want you to love them and I want you to serve. And then he spoke to me, he said, I want you to pray and be asking, what is my heart for them? What, what I could do to be an encouragement to them, even though they were cat lover and I was dog lover, what could I do? And so I did. And um, I have to tell you, I mean, it was a broken, broken, broken relationships. You know, it was not good. And we had an opportunity to be in a, a worship setting. And that's after I had been praying. Who knows? They probably were praying too. And when we began to worship, when we got our eyes off of cats and dogs, we put our eyes on the one. And those things began to just drop like chains falling to the ground from the air. Those things were falling because that is unity. There's a... You guys know who G Eugene Peterson is? He's... Who, the man who wrote the paraphrase, the message. He got so much flack when he put that out. So I love that paraphrase. It's, I love it, but he got so much flack. And his kids would feel that flack that dad's getting. And so dad was a great example. And he would at night, he'd go and he'd put his kids to bed and he would say, 
this same thing every night. You want to put that up? God loves you. You cat lovers, he is on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. It's to have that heart. In Isaiah 58, it speaks of, if you will do away with the pointing of the finger, do away with it. Accept, accept love, respect. You know, Jesus, I, I mentioned this right about the first, but Jesus, when the people brought a woman to him who was a prostitute, and she was ostracized by everyone except those who used her services, and there was a group of people standing around her, and they were accusing her. I mean, that's, that's what I feel sometimes that we, the church, do to the world. And, but Jesus said, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. You know, people are going to be messy. I'm messy. I'm telling you I'm so messy. But God loves me, right? I, I don't want to be judged. And I don't want to judge Jesus did not judge her. He loved her. He accepted her. You know, and if, especially like to the people that are online, if you don't know Jesus, and maybe you feel like you've been that prostitute and you've been accused Jesus would have died if you were the only one on this earth. And he wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants you for you. He wants you for the person that he made. He doesn't want you to feel like you have to clean up to come to him. He'll take care of that. He does it pretty good. And also, if you're somebody who have been hurt by Christians, I just want to say we're sorry. We are so sorry. Please forgive us because we are just messy people ourselves. Can you put that last picture up? No, we've all, probably most of us have, have seen this, right? And I love that picture. I, I love it. And I go back and I think of the, all the people inside of his body and his compassion and his love and how amazing it is. So for those of you that have maybe been judgmental towards other people and you've tried to make them like you, it's time to repent. It is time to say, I am sorry, Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that we 
aren't passionate about those peripheral things, like politics, for instance. I'm very involved in politics. I'm quiet about it because I don't want to offend you. So, but we can still love cats and we can still love dogs. But it's time to be a people who just love. And it's time to repent for when we've been judgmental. And if you're somebody who's been hurt and judged by Christians, and you're walking in your heart now with hurts, it's time to be healed. And I think we're done. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share today. Can we do one more thing? Mm -hmm. Would you guys stand with me? And I want to have you just pray us out. If you would pray through and hit those pieces of the things that God wants to do within us, that'd be incredible because I want to receive too. (laughs) Come on. All right. So, Lord, we sang a song in worship today, and it said, I am available. Lord, we are available. We are available. We choose, Lord, to love. We choose to love people the way they are. We choose to take people into our hearts. We choose to accept them and respect them. Lord, I pray over each of us here and start with me that you change our hearts. Make us a people of love. Make us a people that don't demand familiarity. A people that don't demand uniformity, but a people who ask you for unity. And Father, I pray that you change our hearts, that the people that we interact with won't be put off by us, but instead they will be loved and they will know that they are loved. Saturate our hearts with your love. We need you so much, Lord, and we're so grateful that you love us enough to keep working on us. We're so grateful. We haven't arrived, but you accept us, and you, you Lord, bring change in us. Thank you so much. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for letting us be a part of your life. We pray that this time has just been life-giving to you. And if it has, if this has been a blessing towards you, there's a few things that you can do in return. If you haven't given already, we would be so grateful for your financial partnership and helping us to continue to empower people with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. So you can give on our website at risechurchid.org. We would also love if you would like or review us on any of our social media platforms. We would also love for you to share it with a friend and maybe tag us. So thank you so much again for letting us be a part of your life. We're praying that Jesus would empower you by his Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the world around you. Love you and God bless.